Welcome to the Life 21 Church Podcast. Thanks for joining with us today as we explore the Gospel of Matthew. We pray that as you listen, you would come to more fully understand the answer to this age-old question, who is this Jesus? Happy Tuesday to everyone here. We are tuning in to hear about Jesus' love for enemies. This passage of scripture, Matthew 5, verse 38 through 48, is stunning and is amazing and so applicable for our current culture in which we live in a way where we do not have a love for our enemies, oftentimes, even within the church. And this beautiful depiction of Christ's love, when we love those that hate us as God does, is often not seen on the earth. But what a beautiful way today as we read, what a beautiful way to reveal our God by loving like he does, even to the point of laying down his life for even those that hate us and would even desire to take our own lives. Below uh, in the notes or the description of this podcast, you will see the prayer prompt. Starting now, we're going to add the prayer prompt into these teachings just to help you guide and direct your conversation with the Lord. The prayer prompt today is, Jesus, why does your Father bless the righteous and the wicked? Even after you listen to this teaching or even now pausing the podcast, we encourage you to ask Jesus that question. Speak directly to him. Though he's not visibly present, he is spiritually present and he longs to speak to you and to give you revelation about his heart and his father's heart. Verse 38, Jesus is continuing the Sermon on the Mount and he says this, You have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. That's another, an Old Testament passage also found in Exodus. Much of the Sermon on the Mount at this point is Jesus drawing from an Old Testament law, bringing people back to that law, but taking them deeper into the heart of God behind the law so that they would not just be following the laws in and of themselves, but adequately discerning the heart of God walking them out and applying them righteously based on who Christ is, who Jesus is, and who he was becoming for all those that would follow him. So Jesus in verse 39 says, But I tell you, but I tell you. Jesus often did this, not contradicting his father in that sort of but I tell you, but saying more and expounding upon it as he revealed the grace of God. He says, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. This passage is so stunning and can often be misinterpreted. One caveat that I want to share, if you look at the whole of Matthew and the whole of the scriptures, Jesus is not uh, encouraging us to be foolish. He tells us to be shrewd as serpents, innocent as doves. He warns his apostles how to avoid people that will take advantage of them. Jesus himself says that he did not entrust himself to any person because he knew what was inside of them, what Satan's work was on the inside of them. 
So we know through his other words, he's not saying just haphazardly give yourself to abuse. And the enemy, Satan, often tries to use words of Christ in one context to cause us to walk outside of wisdom that's balanced by the whole of the word of God. So I encourage you, even as you listen to these daily podcasts, may you be one who understands the scriptures as a whole. May you make your may you be a student of the word and may you be one who helps others become also students of God's word. So what is Jesus saying? Even when we're not entrusting ourselves to people that are untrustworthy and even when we're being shrewd, we find ourselves in circumstances where we are abused and mistreated. And in these circumstances, oftentimes we can get uh frustrated and we can strike back and we can repay evil for evil. Later in the scriptures, we hear the calling of God, do not repay evil with evil, but repay evil with good. I just think of how many times that I have acted inappropriately towards someone, angry, frustrated, and they in the nature and the love and the sweetness of God turned around and loved me. They didn't fight back. And because we're in a world where violence against violence and threat against threat is what is assumed, when someone opens up and doesn't push back against the evil coming at them, but focuses their energy more at loving the person afflicting them, it's almost like the our, our radar system and our mind, our whole framework kind of gets jammed and we have to question ourselves, why is this person doing it? It actually deactivates, in a sense, the evil in me that I'm releasing towards the person as I have to stop and look at myself and look at them and say, what are they seeing that I'm not? We have the beautiful legacy of Martin Luther King Jr. living this out and actually being a key catalyst uh, decades ago to turn this nation just a bit more towards the righteousness and equality of Christ. Now, in the last couple years, we've seen this way taken by some, but as we're afflicted by pains and struggles regarding race and gender and sexuality, we often are returning evil for evil. And so an encouragement to all of us that are aiming to follow Christ, we are called to lay down our lives for those that that oppose us. We're called to love them as Christ loved the world. Jesus doesn't stop there. He continues. In verse 43, he puts it this way. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your father in heaven. I love when Jesus reveals the father in heaven. He often uses that language, your father in heaven. Now, because God is God, we often mistake that he's also Father. He seems so huge and unknown and out there, being invisible, being so much more than us, and not being human in and of itself. He is the creator of all things, and he made us in his image, but he himself is not human, nor can he be limited to our own senses. And so Jesus, when he came and when he taught, he anchored people back to the reality that this creator God was also our father located in heaven. 
He went further to say it wasn't just his father. Of course, he spoke of God as his father. He was, Jesus was God, born of God in a way unlike any of the rest of us. But throughout Matthew and throughout the rest of the Christian Bible, you see Jesus not only pointing to a father in heaven, not only representing him, and not only walking as a mature son, he also invited us to take our place as sons and daughters, recognizing our worth, our value, and God's love for us. So how do we act as sons and daughters of our Father? We do what the Father did. When the world was turning against God, when I, Daniel Jeremy Lewis, was turning against God, frustrated that he could send people to hell, ticked off at him that he was not protecting myself and others from the evil of this world, concerned and consumed with fear about where the world was headed and feeling like he was the most passive of parents, not taking care of the household. In those moments, he loved me. In those moments, maybe of your resistance, your doubt, your anger at him, he loved you. How did he do this? The next part of verse 45 says, He, God, that heavenly Father, causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. I want to pause us here because God, in his infinite mercy, shares his Son, his reign, his creation with us. It was his. He made it. He created it, and not only that, he created us. And oftentimes, I've been offended of, Lord, why were not the evil Hitlers killed sooner? Why did they get the sun? Why did they get the rain? Why are people that should be punished and judged, why are they receiving the benefits of life and of other forms of your grace? But what I love about God is he's a perfect judge. And oftentimes, we don't see how his judgments are perfect, But the Bible invites us, Jesus invites us to suspend our judgment and to entrust ourselves to this heavenly Father who will come again through Christ to judge the earth and execute the judgment for each single person, myself included. But he says in the meantime, join with me in loving those that are undeserving. For you yourself were undeserving and I loved you. Now join with me as your father, for this is the way of the family. This is the family business. Verse 46, Jesus expounds upon this more. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? Now the tax collectors again had betrayed the Jewish people. And I'm assuming as Jesus is referencing referencing this, that the tax collectors had a love or an appreciation for the Roman government that was oppressing everyone else, but giving them the benefits of finances and reputation. Verse 47, Jesus says, and if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Now, Jesus is giving us a picture of a world that has continually been established, thankfully continues to be established, in loving those that love us. 
Yes, at times we fail even in that, but when someone is kind to us, we usually naturally have a response of kindness and affection towards them. And praise God that we do, otherwise the fabric of our societies would fall apart. But he's saying there's so much more. If that's all you have, do you really have my love? And do you really have a reward coming to you? He ends this section with this, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. What does it mean to be perfect? We often think of being flawless in the sense of having no doubts and no sins and never having any wrong behavior. Now, there is a part of that that we do become ever increasingly perfected in Christ. And when Jesus returns and we're reunited with our heavenly Father, there is a complete perfection that's gifted to you and I. But a huge part of it now, the perfection that Jesus is asking for, is for us to open up to the Heavenly Father. I don't have this love in it of myself. Martin Luther King Jr. is even quoted in pointing us back to the Heavenly Father. He and the civil rights movement, those that were sons and daughters of God, were leading the pack, leading the movement, And they recognized that apart from the Heavenly Father, they did not have the love needed to be successful. And so today, as society's raging around us and there's such anger and aggression across political lines, across uh, religious lines, all these different places where there's people hating one another, God says it's time to put the Heavenly Father on display. Sons and daughters arise. There's a reward coming for you. If you'll sacrifice, if you'll love like I do, your reward will be great. So shine like stars even now in the darkness. Blessings to you and may you be empowered to love just like your Heavenly Father loves. Thanks for joining with us today. May God continue to reveal to you by His Spirit who indeed is this Jesus. Thank you.